Friends, this morning, I want to talk to you about worth. Both as we come out of another Christmas season this year and as we look forward into a new year, here we are still in the thick of a season in which a lot of goods are being bought and exchanged. Price tags have been put on toys and on gadgets and food items and experiences of all kinds. Some have been marked up because of supply shortages. Some have been marked down because they're in not such high demand. Sales have been taken advantage of. And some folks have already been back to the stores to exchange what they got for Christmas as they notice that those prices are going up and down all of the time. How do you know what something is worth? How do you know what someone is worth? I saw this movie that's up on the screen recently in the past year on Netflix, just called Worth. And as you can see there, it's starring Michael Keaton. Maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. It's a true story. And in this movie, Keaton plays a man named Ken Feinberg, a real person. Maybe you've heard of him before. This is the man who was given the unenviable job of figuring out what sorts of settlements would be paid out to the families of the 9-11 victims. And somewhere toward the beginning of that movie, that character asks a very similar question. He walks into a class that he's teaching on settlement law or something like that, believe, and he, the first thing he does is get his chalk and write in big block print on the chalkboard there, what is life worth? As a lawyer who specializes in those sorts of cases, the question cuts right to the heart of his everyday job. And then there's an interesting discussion that ensues in that classroom and that plays out in real time through the rest of this movie. He walks them through a test case to illustrate the problem. There's been an accident, we are to imagine, that involves a, a caterpillar combine and the building uh, and, and, a, and an accident on a farm and the budding lawyers-to-be there in that classroom have to arrive on a settlement together. Someone over here in the back of the classroom is nominated to be the lawyer of the victim's family. Someone over here is representing the, the Caterpillar company as well as the owner of that farm. And the Caterpillar company lawyer comes in with a low number for the settlement. And then the family's lawyer comes back with a higher number. And then they meet in the middle somewhere, and that's how the value of life gets sorted out in this experiment. Everyone in the classroom seems to, to pretty much be satisfied by that experiment, that they've come to the right conclusion. But it's interesting. It's interesting. There's no attempt made in that experiment to really open up the question of life's true worth. They barely even mention the individual or what that individual means to that family. Worth is just a dollar figure. In their discussion, and unsurprisingly, the family's dollar figure is, is high while the Caterpillar company's dollar figure is low. And the lingering question in the background of this entire movie is whether or not that's all there is to it. What is worth? What is a life worth? And in this season of Christmas, we might add as well, how do we assess what this new life 
this life of the newly born Jesus, the Christ, is worth. We open up this scripture reading for today from Luke chapter 2 and verse 22 and following. That's the, the lectionary gospel reading for this day of the year every year. And it seems to me that this very issue of worth is what it sets before us. They are taking this newly born Jesus up to the temple to perform the, the rites and the rituals prescribed in the Pentateuch for the mother and her new infant baby boy. They have to have the mother ritually purified after childbirth and have to have Jesus circumcised to celebrate His membership as part of the covenant people. But then it says in verse 24 that they also, quote-unquote, offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. Do you know what that's about? It stems from a law that's found in Exodus chapter 13 about the redemption of the firstborn. A law that goes all the way back to the plagues in Egypt. You probably remember the ten plagues in Egypt and that tenth one especially where the angel of death was sweeping over the land to take the firstborn and all of the firstborn too. The people, the cattle, the birds, even those Hebrews if they didn't mark their doorposts with a sign so that the angel of death would pass them by. Most of us though have probably forgotten the detail from Exodus 13 that, that came soon after that. God commands them henceforth to consecrate all of the firstborn. Quote, unquote, it says there in verse 1, whatever is the first to open the womb among the Israelites of human beings and animals is mine. Except in the case of humans, he doesn't ask for a sacrifice, of course. They're allowed to make a substitute offering to redeem them, to purchase them back and to save their lives, in essence just like what happened to the firstborn Hebrews in Egypt. And in fact, this, this whole ritual is supposed to remind them of what happened back in Egypt. That each new generation is a continuing expression of God's saving act way back there in Egypt. And here it is in our Scripture reading for today, many hundreds and hundreds of years later applied this time to Jesus. Luke tells us here, though, that the redemption price, the worth, you might even dare to say, the substitute offering to redeem the firstborn Hebrew child in the temple of Jesus' time was a pair of turtle doves and a couple of pigeons. That very ancient law sort of puts the question of worth, the worth of a life, front and center, doesn't it? Are a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons really enough? Or is God offering a discount maybe? Is that what this life is really worth? Strangely enough, that seems to be the central curiosity that arises in the, the background of this passage today. Immediately following the narration of that episode in Jesus' early life, we find this story of Simeon and Anna that we heard just a few moments ago. Simeon has been waiting anxiously, devotedly, for his Messiah to appear for most of his life. He's been preparing himself for it, fixated on it, even. He probably comes to the temple often to study about it and to pray about it. 
So devoted is old Simeon to this one preoccupation that Luke tells us he had received a promise from the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die until he saw his Messiah. And then he sees him. And he bursts out with jubilation and celebration. My eyes have seen your salvation. You know, the opening words of his celebration there, which read like this, they read, now you are dismissing your servant in, pre- in peace. In Latin, that's nunc dimittis. Now you are dismissing. One of the several notable moments in Luke's chapters, as with the Magnificat of Mary, that a figure bursts out in some memorable celebration, some memorable expression of love and of a proclamation of the significance of this moment. And then there's Anna, a prophetess, who comes to the temple every day having been a widow for most of her adult life. One glimpse of Jesus' entry into those temple precincts and she bursts out in a song of praise. It's an interesting side-by-side comparison, isn't it? Of what this life is thought to be worth. Of what sort of valuation Jesus is being given in one part of the temple that day versus what He's being given elsewhere in that temple that day. The picture up on the screen today sort of says it all in this image. Those pigeons and turtle doves have been set free to fly away while the real action is the joyous adoration and celebration that's taking place center stage. This whole scene here today almost stages this question for us, doesn't it? What is this life worth? There's no negotiation No lawyers there to try and figure it out through a settlement. And if we really want to read into it very closely, there there might even be a calling into question about whether a dollar figure can suffice as an answer. The redemption price of the tradition's law, two pigeons and two turtle doves are a kind of dollar figure, you might say. But it is exactly that sort of valuation that Simeon and Anna leave behind in their preference for praise. Their valuation of Jesus' worth is measured in praise, in naming, even singing His worth. Living forward from that encounter forever changed or forever dismissed, in Simeon's case perhaps. What kind of valuation do you think Jesus' life calls for. We can express how we value things in a lot of different ways, can't we? And contrary to Ken Feinberg, we don't all have to come up with a, a shared number together. Some will value it high and some will value it low. The rest of the Gospel story tells that story. But what matters, what the question here today is, how do you value it? How will You value it. The value we assign to it, after all, doesn't come from some logarithmic calculation. It's an expression of our heart, of our love, of our devotion. It comes through our time, our talents, our gifts, our praise, and our willingness to carry the news with us out into the world, as that vow says that we all take when we join the church. 
a reaffirmation of our baptismal vows, the most holy vows we ever take. What is this life worth to you? That's a question that I want to hold open before us all here today, especially since I can't answer that on your behalf. But also because it's one that I would have us all carry with us as we enter this next new year. Because each and every one of us will answer that question every day of this new coming year, whether we're aware of it or not. And will our lives sing with celebration, spread the joyous news, or will they cash out cheap for two young pigeons and two turtle doves? May that be a question that we carry with us in our hearts into this new year. And may yours be a new year full to overflowing with God's grace and abundance and joy and assurance, as well as the true invisible movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And all of God's people said, Amen.